Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket, and oh my, Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill off the Stevens. Oh my! 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that hard and pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs with my little scary joker, Baby Yoda, down below with me. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Evan Demerol. Evan, how you doing, buddy? It's a, it's a rainy, stormy Tuesday evening in uh, the greater Northeast Ohio area. That is correct. I have Mario on my shelf. I don't have the Baby Joker Yoda, but what a shame. Maybe I'll get one for myself one day so we can match. But I'm doing all right. I, I love storms, so it's nice to hear one roll in. Um I was so tired yesterday, though, that I passed out on the couch during the Clippers game. Then I woke up super confused because ESPN plays it on repeat at like 3 a.m. when I woke up. And I was just like, oh, it's only like 11 o'clock. And then I had like three missed calls from my girlfriend and 20 texts because she's uh, type 1 diabetic. So she thought something happened. She's like, okay, I'm just going to assume you went to sleep. And I'm like, I'm alive. Don't worry. How are you? I'm doing good. That is, honestly, men out there that want to just not do something stupid, The, the uh, generally one of the most pissed off things you can do to piss off your significant other um, is, is fall asleep responding. without responding to texts. Or, yeah. Or, like, or not picking up the phone. You, it's, it's truly just, like, a, a thing. Don't do it. Let's move. We got, that's not what we're here to talk. We're not. This isn't locked in relationship oh no, advice. Not, but, yeah. <laughs> But hey, that's your relationship advice for the day. Let your significant other know that you're tired yeah. and you may be falling asleep. Yeah, even if you're half asleep sending that text. But uh, I want to tell you before we get into today's episode, which is going to be about Colin Sexton, that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Evan and I tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get in on the action. So, Evan, this is the vein that we're going to talk about Colin Sexton. I just want to see where we go with this. So, I, I'm writing about this uh, as part of the Cavs offseason for for a piece at, at Uprocks. Um, it may be up by the time people are listening to this. I, I don't exactly know what the publishing schedule is, it, is for is that. It, is it is it Dime it's Dime or is Nag it Uprox? at Uprocks. It's like a it's it's kind of like a, a I don't know. I I should know this because I like right there, but um. <sighs> I, I think Colin Sexton, more so than, like, how we've discussed him, I think how Cavs Twitter reacts to him and stuff, I think he's a perfect prism to view how weird this Cavs offseason could be. Because the Cavs are in this position where, like, the way they've they've talked about stuff, and I think Kobe Allman, like, signaling the Suns and the Hawks, um, obviously well before they both these teams made the conference finals, one of which is going to probably make yeah. the, the NBA finals. Like, I, he said that. Hey, man. Ty Lu is like a cornered um, wolf or lion. He's gonna strike back. I'm just saying. I I I, 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 I trust in. I'd be so bummed if the Suns didn't make it because they are a fun team to watch. Yeah. Um, I just look at like like obviously you said those before. Then I, I look at Sexton and I think, okay, this is a a good player. This is a top ten guy in his draft class. I we can get into this if you want to. I very much do not think that it's the, he's the easiest player in the world to build around. Um, I know there's people out there that believe that he's like like a super superstar. I I personally am not there with that. I think he can be very good. I think there's still reason to believe he's going to improve because he's added something to his game every single season. I think he's this this piece that it's like he he as he should should be asking to get paid right now. 
Um, him and his team should be trying to angle for that right now. I would support a, a reasonable extension. I also would not go over the moon for, for a deal right now if that's what it took to get done. And I also can understand that like if you want to wait a year and you want to just figure this out a little bit more before you're really trying to force something, I think that's the case. I think it, I think this this offseason truly in a lot of ways could be very is going to be a, something that shapes the Cavs for the next several years. Like what they do with Sexton, what they do with Jared Allen, what this pick is going to be, and and how it sets up next season. I think that this next like twelve month stretch is going to be one of the defining parts of this Cavs era. And I think Sexton is just sort of like the the, the openly not quite you know not in the open market, so the his value will not be kind of dictated to him and the Cavs in some ways, but sort of them leveraging each off each other and like kind of the, the, some of the smoke that's out there right now in terms of maybe him being on the trade market or whatever. Like, I, I think there's just a lot to unpack through the Sexton prism. And, and I think what happens there will just be a very, very telling thing about what this calf summer is. And I, I wanted to say for the record, people can timestamp this, whatever. I personally, this is what I, my personal opinion is that I think Sexton is worth building with. I, I, again, I have, concerns about how much i would pay um and everything i think like i am not in a rush to trade or extend him i think if the number i felt right about the number there's probably like a number that's probably a little low what he should ask for that i would probably agree to i also like unless things just get really untenable in a way that they haven't even if it's a little uncomfortable in terms of the structure i am not in a rush to have to trade him until next summer if it comes to that and i think even then like i know some people worry but I'll, is it this is peak value i think like if, if you're going to trade him your value on him is going to be tricky to kind of recoup in some ways in a lot of ways like like one of the hypotheticals yeah. would be like a hero um you know sexton thing and like you're gonna have to pay Tyler hero at some point too like the, these things are not clean and for a lot of reasons so i i'm not in a rush really to do anything is is but i i can understand how like you look at a guy like Sexton, who's not your franchise guy um, at least I think in their eyes, even if you do disagree with that, that is how the Cavs are evaluating this. Like we, we, we can say that you, you, the Cavs person Twitter may get pissy with us, but that is the, yeah. like the, that yep. this is where we're at. And I think he's the perfect prism to view this off season through. He really is the perfect prism to view this off season through. And I think other than the draft pick, he's going to be the catalyst for this off season. I think Jared Allen's going to be secured either way, but you're hundred percent right. The Cavs do not view, Colin Sexton as that superstar that they'll tap to a five-year deal because again teams are limited to only two of those contracts at a if, time if, and if, I, if they wanted to max him they would have leaked it already yeah they would have and I've been kind of poking around a little bit and the general idea that or consensus I should say that I've gotten is the Cavs are uncomfortable with Colin asking for top dollar but let's just put it this way the team has consistently voted for him as player of the week throughout his three years they have more or less made tapped him as one of the faces of the franchise. I know Spencer Davies put out a piece that kind of pushed back on that, and Justin Rowan pushed back on me about that when we had him on the show. But they have, and they really use him prominently in the media, and I think there's a little bit of that fallout still from the Kyrie Irving trade and moving on from LeBron, and there's kind of that unwarranted pressure. Colin didn't ask for any of that, but it's being used in negotiation for the contract. And part of the ro- a roadblock the Cavs, I think, are going to run into is they need to find a team that is probably going to feel comfortable committing the type of money Colin thinks he's worth. And, like, I was talking to a Western Conference executive here for the publication that will still remain unnamed until further notice, but they told me if Colin was on our roster, he would make roughly 18 to $20 million annually in an extension. His skill set as a three-level scorer is able to help so many teams in this league, but he doesn't raise the floor or ceiling of your team either. 
So why would you want to commit max dollars to that? And I think that's just kind of where I'm at too. I think Colin will get more than that from Cleveland because if you like put him on the Lakers or if you put him on another large market team like New York or Brooklyn, he I think 18 to 20 million is a lot more justifiable because they're in a bit more of a condensed role and it's not as much of a, it's a glamour market too. So those come with off the court luxuries as well. But like you look at a small market team like Cleveland, you have to pay a little bit extra to retain homegrown talent like that. And I think still... 25 ish million maybe a little bit more than that if you want to get a little tense with it is a little bit more reasonable for colin but i just don't see him getting a max and if i'm correct here um the math would be 168 million over the next five years um if you do that over five years flat that's 33.6 million annually colin sexton isn't worth that much money I agree with Chris. I think he's a building block for this team. I think he will help this team more ways than one. I think this team has no defined or set roles when it comes to the rotation until they figure out what they have. And I think this offseason we're going to have a better idea of what they have, especially if they are able to draft a quote-unquote superstar or all-star caliber player with the third overall pick. Um, It's just I don't think this situation is as dire as some people lead on. I think Chris is in the right mindset here where they can try and ride this out and see – hey, this is a kid who likes being here. He wants to be here. He's invested. He's partnered, I should say, with a local comp- leather company to make his own line of luxury well, and, goods. And, you know. and, a, and a local t-shirt company uh, that we won't because no free ads. No free ads, but Colin has embraced the city of Cleveland, and I know some, I'll just say it, morons out there think that Chris, myself, and other media members are going to be the ones who make the decision to drive Colin out of there. See you at Cleveland Clinic Corps tomorrow, buddy. Hope the rain doesn't wash us out. But... At the same time, I just I don't want to give top dollar to Colin Sexton because it's a lot of the I know like it's the mystery box situation. People say like, oh, you trade you can take a proven score in Colin Sexton or you can trade it for a draft pick, which is a mystery or a Colin Sexton is a boat, but a mystery box a mystery box can be anything. Like a draft pick can be anything. Colin Sexton's still a bit of a mystery box too, because I don't know hundred percent what he is because this Cavs team has not improved at all win wise or anything like that. There hasn't been tangential growth for this team with Colin Sexton playing. It's been kind of flat, and that's why I think that executive's quote is true. He doesn't raise the floor or the ceiling, but he does make things better if you are an Apex team, and the Cavs are an Apex team with Colin Sexton, so why would you commit max money to that? Yeah, so I I, I think the thing that I keep coming back to that I want to end this for a segment on is just that I, I think part of the thing that really complicates this is that the Cavs want to accomplish something, and yet they have accomplished diddly squat right like this is not a yep. this is a team that has won under 20 games two of the last three seasons you know was like not exactly really in the running for the playoff to play in tournament last year yes like there are contributing factors you can yap them all off to me if you want to but ultimately like this team didn't accomplish anything and i don't i know i'm skeptical of how good this team actually can be I, like i need to see more and like i also give colin Sexton like a lot of credit for for improving and being really good in, in bad situations like oh abs- absolutely like, he's made the most of a crappy situation and he's gotten better but at the same time i wonder when are we gonna hit a ceiling i think we're getting closer and closer to it yeah all right let's take let's take a break here um let's pay some bills and evan i want to tell everyone about our friends at spotify green room so again we're going to be back on spotify green room which used to be locker room they rebranded it's a whole new thing the app is great we're going to be on there tomorrow 5 p.m we'll do an ama we'll take some questions we'll talk about any Cavs news that may happen between now and then but if you don't know green room is the perfect place to start or join in your conversations about the league you're going to find fans just like you in green room for watch parties debates post game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors 
like we did a really fun one the night of the draft lottery uh, the draft lottery that you can go back and check out and we'll be probably doing one on draft night as well you will have a chance to chat with me and Evan and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Cavs podcast through Green Room Conversations. Get the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at CWMRights and at AmNotEvan to be notified when each one of our rooms goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm be, again, we're planning to be live tomorrow at uh, Wednesday. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we can wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers. See you there. Green Room, changing the way that we talk about sports. Evan, uh, I believe we got to do a little bill paying here as well from our friends at Michelob Ultra to uh, Road to the Finals. We do. Yeah, my mic was muted there, so my bad. Today on Road to the Finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this postseason. Shouts out to Lock on Thunder, Ryland Styles for cracking open a Michelob Ultra and naming Colin Sexton his Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. So, Evan, here, here are the, the things I want to, I want to, I think that make this also, I think, in Colin's favor, if you want to kind of view him and I, where I am at with this and what, like, I would want to hold on to him unless, I, I think the only situation I'm trading Colin Sexton is if it's a Ben Simmons play and it's not a bunch of future picks, it's a, uh, a much less available Brandon Ingram trade and that kind of swing. Like, I think it has to be that caliber of player of big scoring wing. Really? Yeah. I'm not doing, I, but I don't think Colin Sexton it's a player well, like that's that. I that's my point like I'm only doing this right yeah. now if you can get that kind of swing like I I don't think some of the other stuff that's sort of out there that may happen it may not I think I think it's just sort of so tertiary like I think it's more lateral moves than anything else I would rather invest in this guy that I know that has been invested in the market and and has just kind of improved in every year and I just think we'll always at I think there's like a limit to like where this can sort of go and like there are some real pitfalls in his game like I I, I think like his shot profile just like has to change um as as yeah. he like becomes like gives up like inevitably the, the like if the Cavs take get Jalen Green let's say and he becomes like the 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 big scoring league creator that he projects to be in some ways or Darius and or Darius Garland continues to grow and Isaac like there's just a point where like Colin Sexton has to seed some of the ball he's just gonna have to and like that's gonna be an adjustment for him but I kind of believe that he'll figure it out but just because I think he tends to fit at least on offense figure things out in a lot of ways and I think that there's a clear fix with just more three-pointers um, more cutting I think there's just easy little low-hanging fruit you can hit with him to get him there what I will say that I think is one of the biggest offenses of him that we probably haven't given him enough credit for at least I haven't I think like if you look at like a team like Atlanta or a team like Phoenix that when it got added vets and to, sup- to supplement their young core right like I don't think Sexton is on the obviously on the booker or the the tray level I just don't think he is but I, I think if you look at what those teams did and that like let's Elena spent on Gallo and Bogdanovich and you know John Collins are there, but they went and got Capella. And then you know, Phoenix, obviously the, the big one is Chris Paul, but like, you know, Jay Crowder comes in, like campaign comes in, it becomes like a useful piece for them. Like they added vets in in spots. For, former Cavaliers, Jay Crowder and Campaign. Funny how that yes. works. Um although can't the the, the the there's there are logistics the 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 Jay Crowder one is worth its own like uh podcast because whew, some of the stuff there but uh why that didn't work that <laughs> we i learned uh, not unrecently but i think when you look at those teams like they got veterans that were buying into them took the 
like not just took the money they got, but were also like, I'm buying into the situation. Like Gallo became like this, like so. One of the things that uh, you, you people may have heard on other shows, but people have talked about in the league is just like, okay, Kevin Love like could do some of this mid post Gallo face up mid 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 post post up stuff that Gallo has done in the playoffs. Like that is a thing that Kevin Love can still do. Um, like he has bought into that and playing off of Trey and is given given a dang basically. Like in in Phoenix, uh, Chris Paul has been Chris Paul and really elevated those guys. And like Devin Booker has like been soaking up from him, but he's like Chris Paul going out of his way to be like DeAndre and like pumping him up and all this stuff is like really really useful for those guys. Kevin Love has not done that. Like Kevin Love on the floor, they will like I asked Darius about getting Kevin Love back after a game, and he's like, hey, it's K Love. He draws attention, but like I don't think Kevin Love has been additive to the young guys and to Colin Sexton in particular in the way that you'd want him to. I think it, it remains a completely like unfair thing. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so anti like quotes, like the, the Becky ham and like shaming that happened in BR this week. I, I hate this kind of off the record, like reporting stuff. I think it's kind of mm-hmm. weak sauce for anonymous. It's not what anonymous stuff should be. It's just like letting people talk shit is just whack. But like, like going on the record, like very early into Collins' career, as he's in, uh, he's in already on the second of the four head coaches that he's had because the organization is dysfunctional. Is like, like not fair to him. And I think if you want to go to the Andre Drummond part of this, that's the other coin, the other side of this two-headed underwhelming veteran coin. Like yes, JB Bickerstaff and the and the coaching staffs deserve flack for like feeding Drummond post ups to the to the to the hurt of the offense in a lot of ways. Like Jared Allen came in. And, like, was additive on both ends of the floor for Colin. Like, he just was. Mm-hmm. Drummond was not. And some of that is is on the coaching staff, but some of that is on Andre Drummond. And, like, there are these concerns that you've had with the vets. Like, you need the right vets to come in who know their role and are buying in. And the Cavs haven't had that. And that makes Colin Sexton's life a lot harder when he's a young guard figuring stuff out on the fly with pandemics and all this other nonsense like it is really hard for Colin and he succeeded in a lot of ways it doesn't wipe away the concerns that I have but I just like have this like thing where it's like I don't know if I want to like fully judge a guy that has not had like the environment that is actually conducive to player growth in a lot of ways no I I absolutely agree with you I don't think this has really been a healthy environment for a lot of these young players I think Kevin Love not wanting to be here is blowed up in the Cavs face. And I think he could be beneficial. Um, we talked about this. If, if Kevin Ken Love, Carbon. if Kevin Love was like, "Hey, look, I I'm making a ton of money. I signed that contract. Go ahead and find me. <laughs> I'm gonna not get Stop. fined. I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna like like provide what Kevin Love can still provide. Like that would be really impactful. And I can understand if he doesn't want to do that, but maybe like don't sign the contract at that point. If you kind of, like I, yeah. I maintain that he's smart enough to know that this was a possibility. Like that like that just is that is just that is just such a massive thing that happened that like has complicated this. And he also has just been hurt a lot. Right? Like like mm-hmm. no shade of Dean Wade, who was awesome last year, but like he just doesn't command the same respect. No, he doesn't, and yeah, Kevin should have probably known what he was getting into when he signed this contract that he was going to be in a rebuild situation. And I think if he came in, played the good company guy, and was actively helpful for this team, like Chris Paul in Oklahoma City, Chris Paul in Phoenix, like Chris Paul was considered an untradeable contract because things in Houston were going bad, and he was hurt from playing so much for it was just for so often he needed a break. Um, 
he was considered a negative asset. And if Kevin Love kind of took the same mentality and did that, he'd be one beneficial for the growth of this team because this team hasn't been conducive to growth. And yeah, a lot of the, a ton of the blame goes to Andre Drummond too because, and the offensive scheme that the Cavs are running because early in the season, their priority was with either with Andre or with JaVale. And JaVale is beneficial, but he couldn't play the entire game, even though he had to at times because Drummond was out. But. It was get Drummond in post-up situations and let him just work down low. And, like, that slows down the offense to a grinding halt. It is not beneficial to your young guard's growth. And, like, that's what I was told when Andre came here by Kobe Altman himself, that they think Andre will be effective for the growth and playmaking of Colin and Darius, especially in pick-and-roll scenarios. And for some reason, that fallacy is still floating around that Andre Drummond is effective in the pick-and-roll. He's not. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to freelance and showboat and try and be more like Brooke Lopez and... Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery if you want mediocrity to be your answer. That's what Andre is at this point. He's going to be playing for the Vet Men next year, and I think he fumbled the bag because the Cavs had a pretty good offer for him, TBQH. Big, and... uh, big, big win for them that he didn't agree to an extension. Oh, huge dub, boss man. I'd rather pay Jared Allen slightly more than what the Cavs offered Andre, and um, do not think twice about it now but the kevin love extension was a mistake i think larry nance jr playing above his contract was a win for the Cavs. but you need like you're right you need to bring veterans that are key to this but i think there needs to be a lot of trust too because i've heard whispers that there are some trust issues with the front office and the roster and everything else and just like there's some communication breakdowns and stuff where kobe altman maybe not, isn't the clearest person when it comes to it and I think that's why you're hearing some of these Sexton trade rumors, too, is I think Colin's a little frustrated because there isn't a lot of clarity on what's going on with, like, his situation or where the team's direction is. And, like, Colin's made it – he made it clear to me when I was talking to him for that piece about Gurkha and the leather bags that he – or, sorry, the high-end luxury travel wear that right, he Right, no free and ads, Evan. No free ads. Listen – I'm not going to say what our listeners make, but I sure as heck am not going to spend almost $1,000 on a weekend bag. I'm okay. So, with Colin Sexton's signature on the tag, which is a little weird for somebody else to have. But at the same time, like, I can understand the frustration too. Like, there's not a lot of clear vision here at times, and rebuilds are tricky. You can't get them right. It's like, unless you get a transcendental player like Luca, then you're, or a Cade Cunningham in this year's draft, like, everything starts to make more sense because you build around that player. I don't know what the Cavs are going to do, but they. I agree. I think copying the Phoenix strategy or the Atlanta strategy and getting veterans who want to be here and who will be beneficial and conducive to the growth will be really helpful for the Cavs. But at the same time, like a lot of those veteran players, like what if they go to the greener pastures? Like you have like Carmelo, you have Jeff Green, you have Alex Caruso, um, Nick Batum maybe would leave the Clippers too. I don't know. Like, I think if I was one of those veteran players, I'd sign at the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nets or a, or the Bucks if the Bucks make the finals or the Suns if the Suns make a serious run. And I think the Phoenix thing is a little skewed as well because Devin Booker took a leap, but I think adding Chris Paul, who's arguably one of the greatest point guards of all time, he's the best of my lifetime at least, unless you consider LeBron a point guard, that's the difference maker too. And I don't know if the Cavs can do that. They have the MLE, Vet Men's, and most of their money is going to be tied up to Jared Allen in this draft pick this up this offseason. So not a lot they can do there, but they can get a little creative with it, work within the margins, which is something Kobe Altman's good at. But they need to find veterans who want to be here, and that will be conducive to the growth of this team. And I think the biggest thing of all is getting this Kevin Love albatross off your back and then trying to bring in veterans in turn who will help this team grow. Like we mentioned Miami as a destination for Colin. If you trade Kevin Love to Miami and you somehow get Goran Dragic back, I think that's well, a he's huge a, move for the I, Cavs. Goran, a team option there. So yeah, that's a little, little trickier. 
it's a little it's a team option so let's say Miami pick so Miami could pick up the team option and go forward with it so I, I there's options out there but the Cavs really need to look in the mirror and figure out what they need and I think having to lean on Matthew Della Vadova as your backup point guard and as one of the adults in the room is probably not ideal because yeah you can have an adult in the room who's beneficial in the locker room but you also need an adult on the court that helps these young players and boosts them even someone I think like uh um, like JaVale was would be useful I think in a lot of ways J- JaVale was super JaVale useful was JaVale was beloved in that locker room beloved mm-hmm. he JaVale was a player that was a bridge between the young guys and the veterans and that is so helpful for a team and I think that's one thing the cat like people haven't really talked about is like the impact of trading JaVale McGee like yeah the pickup of Isaiah Hartenstein in the second round pick were great and like Kobe Altman great win for his part because he essentially turned nothing into something there javel was a really beneficial leader and i know jv touched on it and we'll just yeah no it's just i have a lot i have a lot of feelings on this clearly so javel is beneficial yeah well i think we can unpack that a little more when we get to the roster but we got to take one more break let's pay some more bills here we do um and look i don't i think there's very few sponsors in the network that are as good as build bar to us Built Bar, if you don't know, is the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have nine great flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, and mint brownie. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor of those, I got to say, the coconut is a daily staple for me. Um, and if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Some of the others have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BillPar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 50% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillPar.com. And if you don't know what to try, get the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Today's episode is also sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to a championship. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only if you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, Evan, let's finish up with this. So Colin Sexton, the other thing I, I think about him that makes him interesting is that like I, I also just think like... I think just the, the the reality is that like I think he can be very good and there's things he does very well. I think there are just there are still things you have to really consider when you're weighing all of this. I think just like again, I think the he's got a three point rate in the bottom six percent of guards. Like for a guy that is has the ball as much as he does, like that's a concern. I think defensively, like there's just so much growth and he's tapping off ball. Like and I think some of his energy being used on defense instead of um, you know, attacking in some ways like would probably be good for everyone um i i think there's just like little things but again i think there's just like i think if the Cavs like want to hit like hit a button and like try and change things up in some way i can understand that because like the nba is just this constant change 
cycle change, right? Like it is never consistent. Mm-hmm. It is constantly just like players moving teams, coaches getting fired, executives on their way out of whatever and coming in. Like it becomes this very thing. I, I can see them in the next year, like needing, deciding, okay, like we got to just shake this up and like try to like inject something new here with the pieces we're going to bank on, right? I also just like think, I don't, th- I just, in my gut, I don't feel like that time is like really now to do it. And I tend to think that they're going to like, that they might try and do something and maybe the draft pick is enough to like satiate the team and sort of uh like make them kind of be okay to get through the draft in the start of the year and then you kind of like figure it out as you go a little bit with like a Jalen Green or an Evan Mobley or whatever but I do just kind of think I'm not ready to like start changing stuff out just yet um mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not there and I think Colin like is is would clearly just based on his contract timing and all that stuff, it's kind of clearly the guy that, that this would apply to. And just based on what we've, who we've, I think you and I both talked to, it just seems like that's the guy that's, that's kind of being put out there in a way. Yeah. I think in terms of satiating people, I think um, the draft pick will help tie things over, at least in terms of public pressure for the team. I think that'll help a lot for sure, but I don't know exactly. I don't think the Cavs are sweating this too much. Like I heard that, people are kind of it's twitter is a small thing and again the guy who thinks that nba people who cover the Cavs and folks on nba twitter apply a bunch of this external pressure he's a moron like dead full stop um the Cavs front office is aware what the media is saying but they don't let it skew their vision they kind of use it as motivation for some of the players sometimes like colin made a concerted effort to move the rock more after jason lloyd's like little parachute hit piece there but I don't know, man. I think the Cavs don't really need to rush this. Uh, if Collins can't make things uncomfortable, if they really say, okay, we want to sign now or trade me, I think that makes things a little bit more complicated. But on the Cavs side of things, I think they're cool. They're, they're good to go. They're way cooler than it was outside today. Um, and then they will just kind of keep rolling and going forward from there. I th- I think that's right. I think, I think there's more internal pressure than you're sort of – Saying just because I don't think this has been a patient organization. And I do just kind of think Kobe Allman being like, the Suns and the Hawks are templates for us. Like, when he says that, that's what lit up my ears. Among anything he said the two times he's talked, those are the things that lit up my ears the most. Yeah, that's Be- sorry. I was laughing at the two times he spoke and kind of quip. But um, I, I just like you. you I mean, just, my ears perk up. It's just too. like, it's like, just okay, like you well, say that and you're you're indicating something. Like you just like yeah. you just are like you don't say, like Kobe Alma doesn't really say things by accident. That is so intentional. Like mm-hmm. it it is not like it is not a mistake to me that like, that is out there. And then there's also just like the like the pick stuff, like them sort of being like we like the the ability what we can maybe do with it, and sort of like not you saying like firmly like this is just a pick. Like I just think they're leaving options open. And I get that. Yeah. I, I very much like think every team should do that. Like every summer, that's just the nature of the game, unfortunately. Um, and at least you know from a human to human standpoint. But like I, th- I just like hear those two names, and I'm just like, huh. Like that to me just made my ears just kind of go up a little bit because he didn't say like, like uh, you know, again, this is before these teams made like the the conference finals in both conferences. But it was like these are teams that like were pretty high seed in both conferences. Like this isn't just like mm-hmm. getting to like the eight seed. This is like you're, you're aiming. Going yeah. You're, that. you're aiming beyond that. And that's like just very telling to me. Oh no, it absolutely is. And 
again, this offseason is going to be the most important in Kobe Altman's tenure, other than, you know, trying to satiate LeBron, then figuring out he isn't leaving. So you pivot and just try and hopefully build for the future. Um, this will make or break his career, I think, with Cleveland. Like, if it doesn't work, it's not going to work, and he'll probably get fired. And I think J.B. Bickerstaff and Kobe are in tandem with each other, so we might see J.B. go as well. So the Sexton decision, the Jared Allen decision, the draft pick decision, and who they use their mid-level exception on, if they use it, because I don't think they used it last year, did they? Uh, no. Um... So they could very well not use it. <laughs> I th- yeah, one well, I they don't have like unlimited like room to just spend whatever. I think the other thing that I think is just notable um if this doesn't work, they go back to like I think if this iteration like doesn't you go back to square, you go one. Back to square one. Like you pro- you're some version of square one you're going back to. Like if it, if in three years the team is basically the only like guys still on the team are like Garland, Allen, and like Green. Like, would you be surprised? No. I just no. picked those out of a hat, but I'm saying like it wouldn't shock me if like this team is completely have to be remade again in a couple of years, and it's not like the King situation. No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like and that that Sacramento's that's just in a pretty crappy situation. Yeah, I'm just saying that's like on the table if like you do the wrong thing at the wrong time. And like to the Cavs' credit, they haven't had like a Bagley s misc. Like I would rather have the Colin Sexton conundrum than like the Marvin Bagley situation, right? Like ten times out of ten, oh, it's a good absolutely. problem, especially if you had Luca in your crosshairs and you went with the big man instead. Or, or I mean, even Trey. You know what I mean? Like that's like just not Marvin Bagley. Um. I just think the summer's fascinating. I think Sexton is just, like, it just seems like he's going to be at the center of a lot of what we talk about aside from the draft. And I don't necessarily love that because I think some of it, he did not ask for it. I think some of it's unfair to him. I also just think it's the reality of a player like him. Like, he's not Trey. He's not Ja. Absolutely. He's not Luca. He's really good and interesting. But is he your guy guy? Probably not. And I just think that puts you in this situation when you're the guy whose contract happens to come up first. No, I absolutely agree. And, yeah, like you said, Colin didn't ask for this, but we'll be monitoring it closely, discussing it, because it's going to be a talking point for a while, at least until the draft happens in a month, which we are exactly a month away from the draft. So as of recording this, yeah, thank God. I was looking in the summer league will be soon after, and Chris and Evan will go to Vegas where I wear nothing but Hawaiian shirts and sweatpant quality shorts the whole time. And I look like, and I'll shave a mustache in and, and let the five o'clock shadow grow in and just make Chris, the people think like, wow, Chris Manning hires these people to edit. I'm like, yeah, they do, brother. Yeah. And meaning like, yeah, whatever. Evan, I've talked way more than I should have on this show. Why don't you just send us out as we get out of here? Thank you everyone for checking us out on Locked on Cavs, the first podcast you ever have human voices. And also the only Cleveland Cavaliers podcast that has both of their hosts verified. Shouts to Carter Rodriguez. But if you are checking us out on WKYC, thank you. We do this show five days a week in audio format. We will scale back to three once the NBA season is over, but that will only be for a few weeks because then we'll go right back into the thick of things but if you're an apple podcast listener please give us a five-star review we will start reading those more often but we encourage you to and we'll give you a shout out and dedicate the episode to you if you're on spotify give us a follow listen to us on odyssey join us in spotify green room today because we're dropping this on wednesday at 5 p.m sharp if you want to be on the show shouts to judah i know you'll be there and yeah if you want to play with me on Fortnite, hit me up until next time go Cavs.